Alright, so February the 5th, is that correct? Is that the right date? And lesson number 4, but we're going to look at uh, last time we were here, lesson 3, just to kind of get get everybody up to speed where we're going to be. So if you have that handout, uh, in chapter 2, and which is where we're going to still be at today, Esther gets promoted to queen. And so we saw a couple weeks ago that there is a beauty contest in the Bible. You would probably ask people, hey, do you know there's a beauty contest? And they have no idea. And it's like, no, no, there is a beauty contest that probably make, you know, Miss America look, look small when you really think about it. And, uh, so, uh, we see that last week and the goal was to find a new queen. So if you have a handout, that was one of the blanks that went in your handout. The goal was to find a new queen because remember, uh, Vasti, Vasti had been taken down and, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have a queen. You know, your kingdom is not complete. If you don't have a queen, you need a king, you need a queen, you need to have all that. So we saw that that was really a Cinderella story in the book of Esther. Okay, so we saw that and we saw the details. It says, let a proclamation be given throughout the land uh, for the goal. Let fair young virgins apply. Let the king appoint officers in all the provinces to gather these women. Let these women be gathered in Shushan. Let these women be put into the king's house for women and a special chamberlain be put in charge of them. And let the women go through a special purification process. And let the king choose from one of those women the next queen. So, I mean, this is a big deal. Okay. And then we saw the person Mordecai. And so, uh, you know, I asked a question, I think that was two weeks ago. Who is the main store, the main character in the book of Esther? And I had a certain person in the back room say, well, my goodness, it's Esther. What's wrong with you, Bob? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. This guy Mordecai is pretty big in this. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just settle this. I'll pull the concordance out and I'll just count how many times Esther's in there and how many times Mordecai's in there. And class, what did I find out? Mordecai. No. They were the same, 56 times. Now you can go check me out and see if that's true. And Because it was really early that morning when I'm counting and I might have skipped a line. But I'm like, okay, God, that didn't help me out at all. 56 times Esther's name is mentioned and 56 times Mordecai is mentioned. So, you know, we can talk about who the main character is, but since since Esther's the name of the book, I think, you know, she's going to win. Okay. So then let's look at Mordecai, number three on your handout. It says, uh, this person, Mordecai, the Bible calls Mordecai a certain Jew. And I talked about that, like, you know, the rich man and Lazarus. There was a certain rich man, and I think, was it you, Angela, and even Lazarus, does it say he's certain? There was something about that we, we looked at. But, but when it says there was a certain person in the Bible, that's not a, that's not a made up story. That person existed, and yet, when you look at other, you know, people, when you read commentaries or other 
people talk about. They go, well, you know, Jesus is just doing a parable there. You know, parables are just made up stories or, or whatever. I'm like, no, this was a certain man. Now, Mordecai is, is, he should be like my hero in the Bible because you know what his name means? I don't think I've given you this yet. And this is extra. His name means, does anybody know what Mordecai's name means? Little man. <laughs> so, yes, he's my hero. So, uh, uh, he was the son of Jer, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish, and he's a Benjamite. So your next blank is he was of the tribe of Benjamin. Okay. Which means that Esther was the tribe of Benjamin. Yes. And so certain Jew goes in a blank, Benjamin goes in a blank, and so Mordecai had the right pedigree. So if you're, if, if you have a handout or if you're looking at that, uh, from last week, or two weeks ago, he had the right pedigree, he was in the right place, and he had the right girl. And so, even though we do not see God listed in the book, we see His hand all the way through it. I mean, everything is set up. I mean, it just so happens that Vashti is taken off being the queen, and there just so happens to be an Esther in the land. Well, and then the person that was in charge of the, the women. Yeah. He found favor with her, you know, as far as being. Okay, so we're going to see that some more today. So Esther, lesson four, and let me get to Esther. We're going to read this a little bit because I know again, we got to, what does the book say? Always take it back to the book. And uh, we're not get, I'm not getting the, the, this Esther, and you guys probably know by now my teaching. I'm not re- getting this out of a book other than the Bible. You know, I'm not going down the outlines because they'd be so much better than mine. But I'm just, you know, I'm probably hat, you know, jumping all over the place. But here's the deal: we're going to see what does the Bible say. There was a joke about a guy that became a pastor of a church, and about four weeks in, one of the young deacons came up and said, "I have a problem with you. You're preaching." And he goes, well, you know, meet me in my office after the service today and we can talk about it. So they met and the guy, pastor goes, what, what is the problem that you have with my preaching? He goes, well, all you do, pastor, he goes, I'm not trying to, trying to say, you know, criticize you, but this is what I'm seeing and it's not what we are used to at this church. He goes, all you do is read the scripture and then you break it down and explain it. That's all you've been doing. You haven't really been preaching. And the preacher looked at him and goes, Son, that is preaching. So what is preaching? You read the passage and you break it down. You, you show the facts and you, you line it up with what does that mean? What does it say? And how does that apply to me? That's preaching. That's teaching. Okay. And so <laughs> I find that it was interesting. He was not used to that. But that, but also, that's probably not really a joke. That probably does happen a lot. And so, back to Esther. Esther, and what chapter are we in? Chapter 2? So let's read this for just a little bit. And this is the chapter that Esther gets what? Promoted. Okay, so let's look at it. Esther chapter 2, and let's read this for a little bit. It says, after these things... When the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. 
And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins into Shushan, the palace, to the house of the women, to the custody of Hagi, or, or Hedge, however you pronounce that, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, little man, okay, the son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish of Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, the king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, which is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together into Shushan, the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her her things for purification." and such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. And Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Okay, and let's keep reading. Now, when every maid's turn was to come into the king, Ahasuerus, after she had been twelve months according to the manner of the women, for so were the days of purifications accomplished to it, six months with oil and six months with sweet odors, with other things for the purifying of the women. So, you know, the oils, the young living person was making a killing off the king. (laughs) You know. (laughs) <laughs> and had all these women. I mean, and there probably wasn't just a few. We're talking a bunch. And so uh, this is a big deal. And then 13, And then thus came every maiden to the king. Whatsoever she desired was given her to go with her out of the house of the women and into the king's house. And in the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody of the, uh, this other guy, Shazgaz, the keeper or the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. And she came into the king no more except the king delighted in her and that she were called by name. I'm going to stop there and we may come back and, and add to that. So, in our handout today, lesson number four, uh, let's go through that. So, we went through the review, and so we see here in this story that Ahasuerus is a type of, he is a picture of God the Father. We see that Vashti is a type of, and you have a blank there. What do you think goes in that blank? She is a type of the... No. No. I wrestled with that for a couple of weeks, Roger. Now I'm going to explain that today. She is a type of the Gentile nations. Okay. So, I'm going to camp out here for a minute, even if we don't get our lesson done, because I want to try to get this across. 
Okay, Roger, for for the last for a week and a half, couple of weeks, I am just floored with this because I'm thinking she's a picture of the church. But I'm like, no, wait a minute. The king's in charge. He's been he's been in charge of the land for three years and half a year. And then they have a feast, and halfway through the third year, we got three and a half years, he gets rid of the king, and he gets ready to put a new queen on. And I'm like, now if that's the church, that means she goes out in the mid of, mid of the trip. And I mean, it was just floored me. And I'm like, now that's not what I've been taught. That's not what I believe. Now why is it that way? And I'm like... And also Vashti disobeyed the king, and the church isn't going to disobey God. Right. Right, and so I'm rolling this around in my head, and I'm like, man, I gotta study this thing out, because I thought I had this down, and I don't. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at my Bible, and so I'm, I'm gonna make it, uh, a deal. You need to have a Bible. You need to have a wide margin Bible. You need to write notes in that Bible, cause you know why? If you're like me, you get old, and you're getting forgetful. So I'm looking at my Bible, and I don't have any notes. On Esther, hardly at all in my Bible. And every other book, I got notes all over the place. And I'm like, why do I not have anything on this, picturing this and helping me out? Well, here's the deal. For some reason, I had skipped Esther on, on my newer Bible. My older Bible, which I had forgot to look at, the notes in it, so I'm in the middle of all this and I'm finally, I'm like, okay, Carrie, help me out here. What do you have in your Bible? What do you have on Vashti? Who is she? Who does she represent? And guess what she had? Her note says she is a picture of the Gentile nations. So then in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, so let's go back to my old Bible and pull it out. And I have, she is a type, a picture of the Gentile nations. And I just hadn't put it over in my new Bible, and I'm blowing my mind trying to get that figured out. Because I'm seeing both sides of the picture. And I'm like, there are people running around saying, yeah, the church will go out in mid-trib. Our church does not teach that. I have not seen that. When you go back to the book of Daniel, and, and Jeff Trude does an awesome job teaching Daniel, he lays it all out. We're talking about a... a Week is missing, and that week is a seven-year period, and you line all the pictures of everybody else up in the Bible, and it always points to the beginning of that trip, not the mid. So that's why I'm having trouble putting this all in. So my point is, write things that you learn in your Bible so you don't forget like I did and get all messed up. And when you switch Bibles, make sure you copy what you have. Right. So this is my older Bible that I use, but I've had this Bible for years. But I do have things written all over my Bible. i got some good things written in my Bible on both of them. I've got uh, my number one verse that I have written in my old Bible is Second Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Three things to do with the word of God. And the three verses. Deuteronomy 6.6, 6, keep it in your heart. Joshua 1.8, keep the word of God in your mouth. And then Psalms 149.6, keep it in your hand. Um, Isaiah 64.6, the last one is Psalms 149.6. 
Uh, Isaiah 64, 6. All our righteousness says are as filthy rags. So things that I've learned that, that has rocked my world, I've tried to write in the Bible. And I've got all kinds of things like definitions, time of the Gentiles, the fullness of the Gentiles, the gospel, tongues. I mean, I got it all in here, except I didn't have that on Esther. And so uh, judgments in the Bible. So I've got things written in my Bible. Now, that's just not for a preacher. That's for you guys. When God teaches you something or you have a verse that just has rocked you that you love, Write that, dude. I mean, because write it in your Bible. So, number one, you know where to go. You see it. It comes back up. Maybe maybe the Lord takes us home and one of our kids opens up your Bible. And now they can see what was important to you. So, this is my older Bible. But I got things in my new Bible also. I mean, I got notes there all over the place. I got a mission statement. Everything you do must center around the mission of the church if it's not, it's worthless. Three things to do with the Word of God. See, I, tra- I put that in both of them. How to counsel, Solomon's Prayer. All these things are important to me. I've tried to write in here. Our physical life is not the most important thing that we possess in this world. It's our testimony for Christ. So it's just things like that that I've pulled out over the years. Some things I've stolen from people or borrowed. And, and some things God has showed me. And I write them in my Bible. And I got a note up here. It says, are you serving God with your whole heart? We we have the Word of God in a written form, in the Bible, in human form, Christ. Major problems in the... I'm just reading you some of my notes. Major problems in the church today. Inconsistent Sunday morning attendance. Is that a problem? I'm not... I'm, I'm just saying what I have. Not tithing properly. No desire for Bible study. No church prayer time. No vocalization of faith. No involvement in missions. No Bible memorization. No appreciation of the leaders. I mean, these are things I've just wrote down in my Bible. They're important to me. Um, God's purpose for the church is what? To reconcile lost men to Christ. Um, where there's no vision, Proverbs 19.28, the people perish. So my point in all this, please get a wide margin Bible, get you a pen that you can write in there, and when God shows you something, put that in there. And then when you get a new Bible, transfer your notes over. And so I got a ton of notes in that. I got notes all over mine. Uh, and I'd let you read mine, but I'd have to kill you. But, yes. Yes, our church does too. Our church will sell those to you, and uh, I'll show you what mine are, and they're kind of worn out. It's called a pigma pen. So they sell them out here. You can buy them online. This one is a zero zero five. I think this one is a zero 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 five. It doesn't bleed through. It won't bleed through, and they're—I mean, look at the, the tip; it's yeah. like just nothing. And it doesn't smear. And it does not smear. So you can do that. It's called a pigma pen. Yeah, P I G M A, micron pigma. They you can get them here, and if you don't, I would recommend you get a couple of the three zero five pens because it's just smaller. But the ones they do are not bad either. Write down the things that God shows you in D1, D2, anything that's important to you. Because again, you need to keep reading. Every once in a while, I'm like, okay, let's just, I'll just start teaching through what I've got in, 
in my Bible. Uh, even the saints. I got a ton of saints in my Bible. And some of these are, let's see, I got some saints. I think Brian Hedges has even said. I got all kinds of things in here. Things that I want to keep. Um, yeah, Brian Hedges has a little spot in here. Stuff I've picked up from him. I don't see it right now. One of them is when you straddle the fence, you get shot from both sides. Have you ever heard him say that? Liberty was saved on March 25th, 1987. You got that, huh? Uh, I've known that for years. Okay, so you know that. Uh, you know when your pastor was saved. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. You know when you were saved. Okay. So, my point in all this, I'm giving you an illustration. And if I had just had my notes transferred over, I wouldn't have been wrestling for a week trying to figure out that... that Esther is a type or a picture of, or Vashti was a picture of the Gentile nations instead of the church because it doesn't line up. And I'm like, I'm seeing it this way, but it ain't lining up. So I'm, te- I'm, I'm really ratting myself out. Okay. So where are we? So Mordecai, type of the Holy Spirit, and I told you his name means the little man. So I'm assuming he wasn't a very big guy. Of course, most you know, people Mordecai's think. Mordecai's a little man too. Okay. Uh, Esther, type of the nation of Israel. (laughs) Chapter 2, Esther gets promoted. So we really haven't talked about who Esther is. And so what are the facts? What does the Bible say? And we read that 7 through 14. She has no mother or father. Interesting. They were dead. Yes, Mm -hmm. that is true. I mean, they're dead, they're gone. So I wonder if that kind of lies up with with uh, the nation of Israel. Of yes. Uh, so uh, she was brought up by Mordecai, and Mordecai is her what? Older cousin. Now, Carrie and I have two children. Jeremy's 35. Hannah is 25. Hannah's the one that's almost, well, she's pregnant, but she's almost to deliver. She did the baby thing for yesterday. But, and we've we've lived in Overland Park, South Overland Park, while they grew up. And my work was there and all that. So that's why we're kind of still there. But, uh, oh well. My point I'm trying to say is, South Overland Park is way more, it has way more nationalities in it than Harrisonville does. So, so, they, my, both of our children had Jewish friends. Okay. Both of our friends had Muslim, both, both of our kids had Muslim friends. And in fact, uh, one of the girls that uh, our daughter hung up, with, hung up, hung up, hung out with in in uh, high school, lived in our subdivision, and she was she said she wasn't Muslim, she was Persian. So her family was from Iran, but they I think they were Zoroasterism people. So I had to study what. I had to study what that was. That's an ancient, that is another ancient false religion. And it's Zoroasterism, I think is what it's called. Zoroaster. Yeah, so, uh, what was the guy that, that, that was the big Zoroaster guy, that, uh, rock guy? Um, there was a rock band, um, uh, Mercury. Wasn't it Mercury? What's this? What was the band he was in? Freddie yeah, what was the band? Uh, Queen. Queen. He was a big Zoro, uh, Zoroasterism uh, follower. 
Yeah. So I don't know if he had ties back to Persia or Iran, but that's an ancient, ancient old religion. And so my point is, what was my point? And my point, my point, oh, so, so, but we had one of Hannah's friends over and, uh, a girl, uh, one of her girlfriends and she was Jewish and we were asking her, we were studying Esther or had, I think we had the movie one night with, with the king, which is about Esther. And I'd like to play that if we can get our TV hooked up. I, I was bugging Ray this morning. I said, when are we going to get our TV? And anyway, so we, I asked her, so I was asking her what she knows about Esther because she's Jewish. And actually she, she knew the story very well. And she goes, so we said, okay, so what was, what was Esther's relationship with Mordecai? And I was, expecting it to be, you know, uncle. And she's like, no, she nailed it. She's like, no, it's cousin. And I'm like, interesting. Most, but there are many, I've heard many preachers say the wrong relationship. Right. Right. It wasn't really until I started studying this out several years ago that I realized it was a cousin. It wasn't an uncle. It was a cousin. So, um, so that's interesting. Mordecai was her older cousin. And on your handout says she's fair and beautiful. She apparently entered into the beauty contest by Mordecai. The Bible doesn't really say. But who else do you think would have done it? I mean, Mordecai's raising her up. He's kind of trying to keep her secret. But when he probably couldn't do it any longer and maybe he realized, hey, this is a big deal. This is, and he tells her later on in the book, you're here for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And so I think Mordecai had a little bit of knowledge thinking, hey, maybe God has left us here. Maybe we're still here for a purpose and a king needs a queen and I know somebody that would fill the bill. So, uh, uh, she's entered probably by Mordecai. She said, made, she made a favorable impression on Haggai. And all that looked upon her, and also we'll find out the king. So it's like this girl was probably a 10 or 11, you know. You go, oh, that person's a 10. And so, you know, and I talked about the Miss America contest, you know, we used to watch when I was a kid growing up. And I finally got to the point, I just can't watch this anymore. So if this offends you, I'm sorry. But, you know, the one, when they get up there and they go, uh, so... You know, you obviously are beautiful and you're here. You know, you just won the swimsuit contest. So what do you think about, you know, uh, uh, what, what do you really want to see happen in the world? And then they go, I want to talk about world peace, puppy dogs, and rainbows. And you go, oh, she was a pretty girl all the way up till she opened her mouth. <laughs> but, <laughs> this is on tape. But obviously, <laughs> I just see it how I see it. <laughs> Obviously, this girl had everything. She had beauty and brains. I mean, not only that, it was like everybody that met this woman, this young woman, just thought she was something. And so, I mean, that's the kind of impression she had. And so she had to be a special person. You know, beauty, brain, she had it all. You know, you know, I'm looking around at me and I'm like, I was never in the pretty people group, so. I guess I guess I just got brains. Oh, okay. oh well. Yeah, Carrie's like okay. Uh, so 
She obviously was the total deal, okay? So she obtained kindness from Haggai, and she received special treatment from Haggai, and he speedily gives her the things needed for purification. The Bible says that he speedily gave it to her. Man, he's favored her. So not only that, he gives her seven maidens for her. And I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world is this girl doing with seven maidens? I mean, and I'm thinking, oh, she's got somebody to do her hair, somebody to do her nails, somebody to do her feet, somebody to do her clothes. I mean, she, I mean, this guy, do you see the favor that she's getting? Yeah. And I mean, she is getting groomed by this chamberlain and like this, this is my favorite, so I'm going to push her. And he gives her everything. And not only that, he gives her the best rooms in the house to live in. I mean, I mean, she got it all. And she was given 12 months by the king to get purified. Like I said, they called up the young living lady and had her come in, give her all the good stuff, get her smelling good, all this good stuff, choose her attire, the outfit, everything. And, but it reminds me of someone else who's favored in a different kingdom in our Bible, in the Old Testament. Remember Daniel and his three friends? They were favored above all the rest. Now, do you think that just happened by coincidence? No. In fact, turn over in your Bible to Daniel, and we'll look at Daniel here for just a minute. So Daniel's right... I'll help you out. It's right before Hosea. that help anybody? I used to tell people, you know, we're finding the minor prophets. Okay, Amos... Right, okay, I'd go through them and I'd get to Amos and then Otis, and I'm like, oh no, that's a Royals player. <laughs> okay, we know you're jacked up, Bob, but Daniel chapter one. But you have to be our age to get that because nobody else knows Amos Otis anymore. It's like, my, my illustrations are getting bad. I gotta get some new illustrations. Daniel, let's look at Daniel chapter one and let's read one through nine and let's see how he was treated. And it says, In the third year of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and he besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain... See, that, there's that word certain pop up again. You just can't beat our Bible. Okay. Certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding, science and such as had ability to them to stand in the king's palace, whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years. So he's given these guys three years to get ready to learn the language to stand before the king that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah uh, Abednego. Okay, so these guys were favored also. 
Again, God had his hand on it. And remember what God told the people that were getting ready to be carried away by Nebuchadnezzar? He said, hey, go peaceably. Go into the land. You're going to be there 70 years. Uh, you know, serve the king. Don't fight it. Be a part of the kingdom. Uh, live your lives. In 70 years, I'm going to bring you guys back. And put you back in the land. Because this is your punishment for not obeying me. So we already know that. And so basically it was. I'm still going to be with you guys. Even though you did wrong. And I'm punishing you. And I'm going to bring you back. But I'm going to favor you guys. And that's what happened to Daniel and his three friends. That's what happened to Mordecai and Esther. Because when you really study Mordecai out. You'll find out that he's already serving. In the palace. So I mean he's already in a preferred situation and so it's like again god is behind the scenes he's favoring them he's doing what needs to be done so just like daniel esther and mordecai in the are in positions and are being favored uh letter b says esther meets the king and we read that or did we read that in verse 15 we stopped didn't we so let's go back to esther yeah thank you <laughs> I'm going the right direction. This is taking me a little bit. So Esther chapter two. <laughs> oh, I gotta stop. People are imicking, imitating me now. I guess that might be a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm on tape, so this. Until you do it out in public or out in a foyer or something, somebody looks at you. Oh, we learned that in class. Oh yeah, this is Bob's class. Okay, I got to be careful what I say. It's other people be repeating it. And I'm on tape too, so I gotta be careful. Uh, I was gonna give you another illustration I did, and my daughter picked up on it and started saying it, and I'm like, I can't say that no more. Uh, okay, so we're back to Esther 2, and we're gonna start in verse 15. Okay, let's start there. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was coming to go into the king, she required nothing but what Haggai the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. Okay? And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Again, that's a ten. Wasn't there a song or something about being a ten or a saint? There's a ten. Well, anyway, so she's a ten or eleven. I don't know what she is. She's probably a fifteen. So Esther was taken to the king Ahasuerus into his house, royal in the tenth month, which is the month Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. So it's been three and a half years since they got rid of Vashti. This has been a process. So again, this beauty contest took a while. They had to go through all the kingdoms. All the nations that the king controlled, and I think there's 120, it said in, in verse 1, to get this rolling, to bring the, these fair young virgins in. Okay, this is a big deal. So three and a half years later, again, th- why three and a half? Okay. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast, and he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not yet showed, uh, 
her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. And in those days, oh, there's that phrase again, those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigtham and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wrought and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name, and when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. So I finished up the chapter. So we see that Esther meets the kings. She relies on the advice of Haggai, and she's favored by all who see her, including the king. Esther is promoted to queen on the 10th month to Beth, which is our December of the king's 7th year of reigning. Okay? Three and a half years after Vashti is disposed. So you had a blank there, that king's 7th seventh year. Okay? So again, all these words, all these numbers... All these things make a difference. And on the back page, number two, it says, The king proclaims a feast. Now, I should have made that a blank, but underline that feast. Because the feast in Esther are important also. The feast was a big deal. To promote the new queen. Okay? And so... A day off was given to the kingdom. Now, that was a big deal. You know, we get it. When do we get off? Certain holidays. What's the biggest holiday that we get off normally? Christmas. Hmm. July 4th. <laughs> Christmas is on what month? December. December. Imagine that. Uh, you want to study that out a little deeper, dig into that, and you'll, you'll see some reasons probably why. I'm not going to give them here. So gifts were given. And gifts were given. So that also lines up with our Christmas time. And then it says the virgins were gathered the second time. What does that mean? Okay, so turn over in your Bible to Matthew 25. And we just saw that, that little word, those days, right? In this passage that I just read. So again, we know the tribulation. We're, we're seeing some things in the book of Esther that we're going to see in the tribulation that take place right before the Lord's second coming. So we're seeing the, word, the same words keep popping up back and forth. In Matthew chapter 25, let me, let me read 1 through 11. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. So you got two groups. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were ready, went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. 
Watch therefore, for you know whether the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. And again, it's talking about the kingdom of heaven. So again, it goes into that next. So this is the 11th parable, the 12th parable, talking about the kingdom of heaven, which is what? It's a physical kingdom. And so these virgins have to do with uh, things going on during the tribulation. And then if, you t- if we go back to Revelation, we'll, we'll see two times that there's two different groups of virgins. But it's just interesting that there's just two groups of virgins also popping up in Esther. Okay? And so does that clear everything up? No. We've probably got more questions now than we did when I started, including me. But I'm just trying to say, look at the numbers, look at the feast, and also I want you to look at the proclamations in the book of Esther. Because there are several times that the king sends out a proclamation throughout the kingdom. And so he sent one out to get the, the, to get the virgins to come in. And he sends more out. And we're going to continue to see more sent out in the book of Esther coming up. And not only that, the publishings that you see in the book of Esther. There's more than one. So the king, you know, he, he proclaims things, but he also publishes things, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not, he doesn't get on TV. Because they don't have TV, but I don't know. They send out carriers with things to post in all these places. Okay, so that's something that comes up. And then, um, so we see the king proclaims a feast. A day off was given to the kingdom. Gifts were given. The virgins were gathered a second time. And then Mordecai sat at the king's gate. And I think I already made a mention of that. I mean, that was not by accident. Okay. And yet Esther had not yet declared her nationality. That was not by accident. I mean, everything in this just fits together like somebody was orchestrating stuff behind the scene. And then we see an assassination plot take place against the king, which I read about. And it was discovered by who? You guys pay attention when I was reading? Mordecai, the little man. The reason he probably picked up on it was, you know, he's such a little guy, you know. Us little guys can kind of, we can stand there and nobody sees us. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it works. I get it. I understand that. Uh, so an assassina- assassination plot against the king was discovered by Mordecai. It was given to Esther and the plot given to the king and they check it out and it was so. So the king has these two guys hung. Mm-hmm. So wow. That's kind of, we got a new king, a new queen that the king loves. Everybody loves, you know. Uh, what is it? While you were sleeping is, is is the movie, right? That has you guys watched that movie while you were sleeping. And when the guy wakes up from the coma, uh, he had never met the girl Sandra Bullock. Now, if you haven't watched the movie, you're, you're out of it. But they talk him into they talk the guy. You need to marry this girl, and he doesn't even know her. Came out of the coma and, and, and he, and so he's convinced and he goes, everybody loves you. Why this person loves you. My mom loves you. I might as well love you. And I'm like, well, that's not quite what she's looking at. But that kind of reminds me of this. So it's like, uh, an assassination plot against the king. It was discovered by Mordecai. Esther gives it to him and, and the two culprits are hung and, and, and they're found out and hung. And then the, the plot is recorded in the king's Chronicles. So there's a record of it. 
which we'll see will come back around, just happen to come around again. So the last blank, I'm going to give that and we'll get to you. Again, we see God all over the story because His Word, His promises, and His people are at stake. Okay, so turn over to Psalms, and I'm going to close with this because I'm getting too long-winded here. Psalms 89. Psalms 89 and verse 34. Psalms 89, 34 says, God is talking here. He says, My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. When God says it, it happens. You know, it's kind of like the Big Bang Theory. How many of you believe in that? I do. God said it, bang, it happened. Okay? That's what I call the Big Bang Theory. God said it, it happened. That's the way it goes. When God says something, He's better than E.F. Hutton. Let's see if you guys pick that one up. Okay, everybody listens, right? Yeah, he's gone, but God's still here. Okay, so uh, when when God and His covenants, His covenants He does not break, and so His people are at stake later on in Esther when they're going to all be wiped out. So you betcha He's going to be involved in what's going on because if they hadn't intervened, if Esther and Mordecai had not intervened and God used them. Haman would have destroyed all the Jews and all the kingdom. And God would not allow that to happen because He's given a promise. He's given a promise to David. He's given a promise to Abraham. He's given all those promises. And His promised Messiah was coming. And it's like, no, this is not going to happen. I'm going to have to make sure it doesn't happen. And God does that. So, awesome. We'll keep going on with the book. But that's where we're at today. We'll, We'll get into our next lesson next week. So, yes. Is there anything to do with the number of 127 provinces? I, there probably is, because again, God wastes no space in His book. I just don't know right off the bat. Yeah, there, There's a lot of things I don't understand, but I do see the connection, and I do see the virgins the second time. Why? Well, it just so happens to match up with some virgins later on, that there's going to be two groups. And so... It just kind of gives us the connection of the book. And the more you study it out, the more you'll get it. And, you know, it may take us a hundred years to kind of get some of these things figured out. So, but at least we're a step or two up. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your, uh, the Bible that you've given to us. Number one, we thank you. We have one that we can carry in our own hand. We can write our notes in. We can read in our language, Lord. And we praise you for that. And, and, and Lord, that is so vital. For us, I pray that we would utilize your word uh, in everything that we do. So we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray uh, that you would continue to show us things in your word uh, when when you see fit, Lord, and help us to take what you show us, apply it in our life, and use it, Lord, for your honor and your glory. And we just ask your blessing upon the rest of our, our day and uh, our week. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Thank you.